Hi there, and welcome to WOW Talk. My name is Donna. And my name is Darlene. And today we are going to talk about mental health. Yes. Okay. So, I guess the readers are assuming we're talking about the brain, right? The readers are the listeners. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Or both. <laughs> That's what happens when you put a bookworm on a podcast. That's right. <laughs> Right. So I recently put a post on my Instagram, which uh, hit a record for me statistically on Instagram. And it was a post that was sharing a new fact that's come out of science and physiology that we actually have three brains. What? You didn't know? No. Exactly. So I studied anatomy twice um, in my first degree at U of T and then once again in naturopathic school. And both times, they certainly taught that we have a brain. It lives inside of your head. It's the computer. It's the boss. It runs the body. And that all the control messages come from the brain. But it's actually not true. Okay. Is that amazing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. So, you, anyway, you, yes, continue on. Uh, yes, this. so you need to know, this is never scripted, so I am genuinely surprised here. Yes. So, please carry on, Dr. Gustin. <laughs> so, the three brains are the heart, the gut, and the brain that you think is the brain. So, with, with mental health being such a huge concern as COVID goes on and on and on, more and more people are being affected by anxiety, trauma, depression, etc. But over the last couple of years, there have been major, major breakthroughs in the area of mental health and how it relates to gut health, which is not new in the naturopathic profession. In fact, Hippocrates, the father of medicine, even in the year 600 and something, was saying that all disease begins in the gut. And, and as you know, being a patient, that the first step with the naturopath is always, what do I need to clean up? Yes, indeed. And it's funny because you were saying how mental health is, would you say connected to the gut or it, it is dependent on the gut? Like right away, I was thinking, yes, that it's always, there's something going on internally, something I'm feeling in my stomach and... That's really, really interesting. Exactly. Yeah. So the way I communicate it to patients is that I tell them to focus on one specific sentence. So I want our listeners to really zone in on what I'm about to say, and you too. This is profound. Listen very carefully. 95% of your neurotransmitters are made in your gut. Okay, so that's huge. That's that is huge. gigantic. But now explain what are neurotransmitters. So they're a collection of chemicals that are responsible for how we feel our emotions and anxiety and depression and all these mental illnesses, those feelings and those physiologies, how the chemistry functions, they are ruled by these chemicals called neurotransmitters. And the majority of these neurotransmitters are made in the gut. So that means the brain is controlled by neurotransmitters. So your brain, your mood, your emotions, your nervous system are controlled by this puddle of chemicals called neurotransmitters. And those are made by the gut. Okay, could you please explain the gut? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> that was my next next step for sure. So, and what I mean by that, I'm not talking about your intestinal lining, not 
another body part of yours. I'm talking about the bugs that happen to live there. So another breakthrough in the understanding of the human body is we have a new organ. What is the new organ? So the new organ is called the microbiome, which I translate to my patients as your bug collection. So it goes like this. Your brain is no longer the boss, no longer the computer. Your brain is controlled by your neurotransmitters. Your neurotransmitters are made by your microbiome. Okay, so kind of like the software. Would you say it's the software or it's the program? I'm the not a computer a person. <laughs> well, here's, I'm thinking, yeah, you have the hardware up there, yeah. but it isn't creating it all. It is coming from the gut or your micro, how do you spell that? Microbiome. Biome. B-I-O-M-E. Okay. Microbiome. So that, that basically represents the microorganisms that live on our body or inside our body. So along the digestive tract, especially the small intestine and the large intestine, there are microorganisms that live there that are very beneficial to us. And there are different relationships we can have with these bugs. Sometimes we're indifferent whether they live there. It's like, you live there, I live here, you don't bug me, I don't bug you. Sometimes it's a win-win. I need you to live here and I'll give you this in return. And sometimes you really shouldn't be living in my body because you're taking away from my health. And those we call parasites. Okay. What would a parasite be? What do they do? How do we get rid of them? Well, how do we get them? <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, let's start there. <laughs> so, so when I use the word parasites, people usually, their eyes pop open and they think I'm referring to something tropical and unique, but I'm not. I'm talking about the local doorknob, the local toilet seat, uh, touching the railing in the bus and on the train, or, or going to the local grocery store and buying a kiwi that somebody in Australia touched a week ago. So we're exposed to these things 24-7. These, these microorganisms can be airborne. They can be in our water, on top of our food, on top of our hands, on top of the person you're kissing. Yeah, especially <laughs> on that person. <laughs> so, so we're exposed to them 24-7, and we have to decide who can stay and who cannot. And the opposite of parasites is probiotics. Yes. Right. I am familiar with those too. Correct. So so many of my patients now know the word probiotic, have purchased some, and probiotic generally refers to bacteria, but but really the definition of that is any microorganism that is of benefit to human health. So there are non-bacterial ones as well, and they are very highly populated along the inside of our intestines, and they are responsible for making the happy neurotransmitters. Okay. And if we have the wrong bug collection, then we're not making enough of the happy neurotransmitters. We, we have a distorted amount or a distorted profile of neurotransmitters, and then our mental health is greatly affected by our gut health and the definition of what's your microbiome these days. Okay. So this is huge. Wow. So if we go yeah. back to what I was taught as a student of naturopathic medicine, as a student of genetics, when when we were taught the brain controls everything, and then science said, oh, actually, the gut controls the brain. Now, take that one more step further. 
whoever you happen to allow to live there runs the show. Okay, that is almost frightening when Isn't you it? think about it because we don't know who we let in there. Now that you've mentioned a few of the places where we can pick up parasites, for instance, it's kind of scary. Now, granted, during these times, I think we are all much more careful with washing our hands, using, well, I'm worried about the antibacterial gel. We can get into that as well, the hand sanitizers. And I know we're wearing masks now and things like that. And I think we are much more careful in that respect. However, if we have parasites, which I'm sure we all do, how do we know or what do we do to remove them? I know that you have some cleanses and things to, to suggest, but also getting the probiotics. I keep thinking about yogurt. You know, when you read the, you know, on the label, some of them have probiotics, but maybe you can give us a few helpful tips on what we can do to, I always know you always say you have to clear it out so then the car can come in and park in the empty garage. But why don't you explain it? Because <laughs> sure. that didn't make sense the way I said it. For sure. So when I'm working on somebody's mental health, the first thing I look for is how's your gut? And if we're looking at parasites, there are different ways to look for them. You can look in the blood with a live microscope. You can do a stool test. And most of the stool tests that are covered by OHIP are more simple stool tests. There are, there are now some private labs in Canada that do very, very thorough analysis of your microbiome, which good guys are there, which bad guys are there. So you can just completely take it to the next level. And I went to a conference on mental health a few years ago, and this information was being presented by one of the world's leading researchers on probiotics. And the conference was in Toronto, offered in conjunction with a psychiatrist from the States, and of course, a naturopath from Toronto. So very interesting team of people presenting all the latest in neurology and the bridges between our professions. And this psychiatrist is um, one of the leading psychiatrists in the States who uses natural methods. And he was reporting in his practice that for the first time in his career, he was actually seeing people cured of big mental illnesses, whereas prior to that, he was prescribing a lot of sedatives and antidepressants and different things for people with bipolar, schizophrenia, anxiety, depression. And when he reset the microbiome, he saw that he took their mental health to the best he's ever seen and that for many of those cases, he no longer saw a need to prescribe the pharmaceuticals as well. That is fascinating because what he's done there is he went right to the cause. Right. He fixed the problem and then he didn't have to manage it anymore with the medication. Correct. That's because that's what the medication is doing. It's not curing you, right? It's just managing it. It's managing the symptoms. Correct. 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 Okay. That is amazing. And and what, what I mean? what I have to mention with mental health, it's one of my pet peeves in medicine. How many people know how many other people who are blindly medicated. So you see a medical doctor or a psychiatrist and you're prescribed with some medications based on a conversation. I don't know of anybody's brain being scanned. I don't know of anybody's neurotransmitters being tested. They can be tested in the private labs. I, I've done that in the past. But I think it's a huge disservice in Canada in particular that how many people are affected? I believe about 40% of the population are using some type of medication for anxiety and depression. And that was a number that I heard before COVID. 
Oh, man. Based on nothing. There's no blood test. There's no brain scan. So there, there is a medical doctor in the States who does actually scan the brain, which is really cool. But that's not available in Canada. So I think the next best thing, if we don't have that available as a diagnostic in Canada, to focus more on the gut, which is really where the root cause is. That is amazing. So what would you do then? Someone comes into your practice and um, they're feeling anxiety and depression. How would you go about it? Like for you, they've come to you because they want to try doing something natural. And this is why they're with you. For sure. What would you do? So the first thing always starts with the case history because you can have 20 different flavors of anxiety mm -hmm. and not everybody feels it with the same list of symptoms. Exactly. So some people with anxiety, it's affecting their sleep. It could be affecting their performance at school or work. It could be affecting their social relationships. So first is to get a sense of what the symptoms are for that particular individual. So naturopaths, one of our philosophies, we're treating the patient. We're not treating anxiety, we're treating Donna. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and when we recognize that pattern as anxiety, or they've been diagnosed by a medical doctor and they come in and they present, I have anxiety, I'm on this medication. A naturopath looks at the whole person. How's your sleep? How's your protein intake? How's your bowel function? How's your water intake? So I'm very focused on lifestyle medicine. Yes. And I want those basics in place first. And so that's the first thing I do. And then if I need to do some form of testing, then I will take the next step. So I test every patient's hair, looking for mineral deficiencies and heavy metals. Yep. 50% of my patients are scoring toxic amounts of multiple heavy metals, many of which are toxic to the nervous system. So I go looking for that. Wow. Many deficiencies of minerals, such as calcium, magnesium, or essential fatty acids, yes. are also the tools that your nervous system needs to function well. So many North Americans are deficient in omega-3 fatty acids. I knew you were going to say that. Of course. Good yeah. old fish oil. I was going to say fish right? oil. You can get those little fish oil yeah. capsules and they're chewable. And yeah. yeah. So your brain is a very fatty organ. So you need sufficient fat in the body and you need the right quality of fat in the body. Exactly. And then if there's digestive symptoms, if that person's anxiety is giving them constipation, diarrhea, or back and forth, then I will, of course, always do a physical exam of everything I'm mentioning here. But also we use the live cell microscope very often. Yes. It's quick. The information is available on the spot. It's with a drop of blood and it's affordable. It's something that we can do quickly on the spot and we could test down the road. So it's not a stool test, but a lot of the times if you have an imbalance of your microbiome, it will affect the blood in most cases. But you can certainly see things in the blood that would not be in the stool. You can certainly see things in the stool that do not show in the blood. But the blood, the stool tests are new to Canada. They came about a year ago on, oh. onto the market. So very new. I haven't used them often. They're very expensive. And sure. now with COVID and people losing their jobs and their coverage, etc., 
it's not always an option. So I always give the patients the option. Yes. I think you have dysbiosis. That's a new word too. Okay. You heard what it is, yet? Uh, no, no. What does it mean? <laughs> dysbiosis is, I translate that to my patients. It, it means imbalance of the bugs. Mm. So the presence of parasites and or the absence of probiotics. Okay. So I will tell the patient, I suspect dysbiosis is one of the root causes of your anxiety. And I tell them different ways that we can test and, and where there are blind spots. They, medicine isn't finished yet. There are things you can experience that we don't have a test for yet. And so we do our best with the patient's budget and the patient's symptoms and try to get them feeling their best as fast as possible. And how would you get them feeling their best? Would you then prescribe something? Would you prescribe a cleanse? Would you, what would you do with that? So the answer to that is treat what you find. Okay. <laughs> and again, it would so be... So generally. <laughs> what are some examples that maybe you could tell us? So let's, let's pretend there's three patients with anxiety. Mm -hmm. The first person might be a student mm -hmm. and they're struggling with memory, focus, concentration, exam anxiety. I might use B vitamins. Because when there's a lot on your plate mentally and a lot of academic performance, desk work, the brain's consumption of B vitamins becomes exaggerated. And you couldn't possibly eat sufficiently to increase your B complex daily intake tenfold, okay. which under extreme chronic stress, that could happen. So I might give them B vitamins because I'm trying to get their academic performance and their energy back. And they might not be eating well. They're in residence. And oh, sure. Yeah. I don't think they cook salmon very often no. in residence. Not when I was there. And they might be lacking in essential fatty acids. And maybe they're homesick. And it's their first year away at university. And they don't have any friends yet. And they're very anxious about going to class. Or they're anxious about the exams. Sure. So sometimes I might use a Bach flower remedy to help them with the emotional state. So that would be patient number one. Okay. Then patient number two, maybe their anxiety came after giving birth and their hormones are not rebalancing well enough, quick enough. Maybe their thyroid is crashing or the progesterone's falling down and their anxiety could be hormonal and it could be to do with sleep deprivation and this young mom is frustrated because she can't figure out why she can't still run her small business when the baby's sleeping but she's been up all night so i spend many appointments telling other working moms like me it's okay yeah. <laughs> none of us are pulling it off <laughs> you are correct <laughs> reduce your standards leave the laundry on the floor <laughs> have a nap instead right so um so those simple lifestyle things and and you know having realistic expectations of ourselves and and her solutions for anxiety could be more about suggesting that she gets some hormones tested and that and even if she's waking up often to nurse the baby she might not be sleeping deep enough in between so i might find that all that giving birth to twins and nursing them she's given away all her minerals she might need calcium and magnesium to calm her nervous system and sleep deeper better faster so that's example number two
Okay. And example number three, the person might have anxiety and irritable bowel syndrome, and they've had anxiety for the last two years. And I'll say, where were you two years ago? And they might say, Mexico. Okay, yes. <laughs> and I connect the dots, and the person never thought about it. Oh, my, I've had irritable bowels and anxiety both since Mexico. And so that screams parasites. Go looking for parasites or someone who has a unique pet. And I so very creative questioning and the okay. person finds their own answers just the way I ask them questions. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think we have just scratched the surface on this topic. I think that uh, we will be signing off now though, but we will definitely revisit this. Mm -hmm. And I think we can break it down into different categories and and we'll talk sure. about the third brain next time. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's right. We will the talk heart. about the, that's right. Yeah, we will talk about that next time for sure. So we will have a part two to this coming up. Um, please send us your questions and suggestions. I am sure you have many questions after this episode. And uh, we thank you very much for listening. Thank you for coming and careful who you let move into your belly. That is correct. <laughs> anyway, bye for now. Bye. <laughs>